This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Morals don't always apply <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're symbolic. It's like if you're marrying your brother, you yeah. know, yeah, and it seems perfectly normal in the dream. Well, it, it seems normal in the dream because it it's symbolic. Okay. So it's not really about marrying your brother. It's about connecting with or committing to something that your brother represents. Yeah. So you don't look at the dream, you look into it. Okay. I don't know if I should bring this up or not, but I had a dream one time that was really weird. Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Litwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday or whenever you hit play. Hello. We have a very exciting guest on today's episode. We have Lorian, who's a dream analyst. She has so much knowledge in this field. It is unreal. A lot of us have very common dreams or themes of dreams, and we go into so many of them. A lot of you submitted some really good examples of dreams or reoccurring nightmares or questions and themes from your dreams that you wanted answered. And we get to pretty much all of them. I tried to get to at least every little bit of theme that I saw from your responses. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Before that, we break down all things dreams from nightmares to lucid dreaming to night terrors and dreams where you're consciously awake, but your body's asleep. Those terrifying dreams and what they all mean. So Lori's going to get into all that. I'll let her explain it because she's honestly a genius when it comes to dreams. I was shocked multiple times during this episode and just so invested. I wanted to keep her on for hours because she has so much to share. So I think you're going to really love this one. If you have a friend that has really vivid dreams or if you have a partner or a friend or family member that's really interested in dreams or wants to have some answers from what their dreams all mean, make sure you send this episode to them because I think they're going to love it. And I am very open on this episode as I usually am, but I offer up one of my dreams that I would never share with anyone because it was horrifying and honestly like the weirdest dream I've ever had. Um, But I shared it on this episode. I almost deleted it off because I thought it was almost too weird. But you know what? We're open here and hopefully I'm not alone with that type of dream I had, but we'll see (laughs) Um, because it was a weird one. Um, But Lori answers what it actually means and the symbolism behind it. So a lot of times our dreams are not actually what we think they are. So Sometimes when you have weird dreams about an old partner, a person that you've never met before, dreams when you're having sex with a blurry figure, which a lot of people submitted. So she's going to break it all down. And I think we're going to learn a lot from this one. So please enjoy it. Um, my something to share. I'm going dress shopping for the second time this week in Cincinnati. My mom is coming up today. I'm about to pick her up from the airport. I'm so excited. I have booked four appointments for wedding dress shopping, two tomorrow and then two the next day. So hopefully in one of these four appointments, I will find the one. If you're in Cincinnati, I'm going to Hyde Park Bridal, Carrie Caribou, Bridal Informal, and Fabulous Bridal. So hopefully there's one in there. Um, We'll see. I'm going to have Nick guess what he thinks it is. I've only showed him a picture of me in one dress that I absolutely knew that was nothing like I was going to pick. So that's all he's seen. and. 
it'll be interested to see what he says he thinks I'm going to be getting or what he wants me to get because I haven't really consulted him otherwise. I went into dress shopping thinking I was going to like tool and mesh and embroidered details and all this really cool detailing. And I ended up really liking this very expensive dress that was classic and simple and just a beautiful corset bodice that went into an A-line ball gown. Opposite of what I thought I was getting, which everyone says is going to happen. They all say you're going to get exactly the opposite of what you thought you wanted. And I thought they were insane, but here we are. So now I'm looking for a combination of those two things and we'll see what comes out. Hopefully I can find it. But honestly, I was nervous going into dress shopping originally because I was afraid that I was going to find it in the first appointment, which I could have if the dress I was trying on wasn't $8,000. And you know when they say on Say Yes to the Dress, do not try on a dress that's out of your budget. I mean, as long as you go into trying it on knowing you're not going to buy it because it's too expensive, but still it is a letdown because you see just how much you can't afford yeah, so I am going into it with fresh eyes with a actual budget and sticking to that and hopefully I find the one. I actually did apply for Say Yes to the Dress and I just got ghosted by them. They never responded back to me after. Well, we went through an interview process. I did the initial interview and then I had a second interview with my parents on and they talked about our story. It was a really simple interview, super fun, um, but they didn't pick me, so no hard feelings. But honestly based on dress shopping and how indecisive I was for those first few appointments and how much I had to learn from that initial appointment and shopping with my parents. One, I don't think we would have been as dramatic as they wanted for the show, which is totally fine. I get it. And two, I'm actually relieved because I would have felt very pressured to buy a dress on the show, which I don't think I would have actually found one in that setting. So everything happens for a reason. Everything works out as it should. And if you want to apply for that show, really easy um, audition. So you just submit you just submit a form and then you do a really quick call about how you met your partner and what kind of dress you're looking for and what kind of bridal party you're bringing to your appointments. Very simple. So if that's something that you've always wanted to do, I highly recommend it. It was a fun process just getting to audition because I do love that show. It's one of those shows that you just put on. It's just happy. It makes you feel good. And you, know, you can watch all day long. That's Say Yes to the Dress for me. I will update you guys on whether I find a dress or not cross your fingers for me. Send me good vibes. Hopefully I do. Um, before you go, make sure that you rate, subscribe, review, give us five stars. I love you so much. And make sure you send it to a friend, family member, tag us on social media because it really helps me to grow, get this podcast out into the ears and the eyes that need to hear and see it. This one is also going to be on YouTube. I am practicing my editing skills. And I thought this was a really fun one. So I thought, why not put it up on video? So I will link everything below so you guys can find out more on Lori. Click the YouTube link if you want to watch instead um, and all that good stuff. So without further ado, guys, here is Lori. All right. Well, Lori, welcome to the podcast. We kind of just jump right into it. And I have a bajillion questions to ask you on all things dream. So I'm really excited for this. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I love it. Um, for those of my listeners who might not know of what you do or who you are, can you give me a little breakdown on what exactly it means to be a dream expert as you are? Yes. So I am a professional dream analyst. And what that Mm -hmm. means is I help my clients understand 
the very bizarre, complex dreams they have at night, what they mean, how the dream is connected to your current waking life. Every single part of the dream has a meaning and is connected to something. And I also, together with the client, we work through the message that they are giving themselves through the dream, because dreams are basically a conversation with the self. Uh, mm-hmm. Like my, my, my uh, motto is dreams are messages from you to you about you in order to improve you. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank I love you. that. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to get into all of things dreams, but I was listening to quite a few episodes that you've been on before and doing some research. And I loved how connected we actually are without realizing it and how the body, the mind, whatever it is, that's causing dreams sends us messages. And I just find it so fascinating. Yes. So I'm sure it's really exciting work, what you do. So I want to get into all that, but before we do, I'm going to ask you my two initial questions. The first one is of the theme of sharing. So sharing an object, either from your nightstand, surprising, or with an interesting backstory. So anything kind of comes to mind when I say those three options. Uh, Okay. So I have a lot. The first thing I went with was what I keep on my nightstand. So I brought it down here and it's my Dr. Oz mug, Ah. (laughs) which uh, was given to me the fourth time I was a guest on his show. And it was interesting only in that, that particular time he had moved over to NBC and they were in the process of redoing that whole area. And his studio was right next to where they shoot Saturday night live. Mm -hmm. And so because of all the reconstruction they were doing, I got to stay in the roots, um, dressing room. Oh my God. How amazing was it? <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. That's and, awesome. And Jimmy Fallon's dressing room was right next door. I oh. didn't see him, but yeah, it was a cool experience. You're breathing the same air that he breathes. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's so cool. I think what's interesting is that when you're analyzing dreams, you get to analyze all these different people. So I'm curious yeah. when you're analyzing celebrities or working people like mm-hmm. Dr. Oz, do you find that there's a through line that we all kind of dream about the same things? Or are we all just like extremely different when it comes to our dreams? A lot of our dreams are personal to us due to our own personal experiences and associations, but mm-hmm. we do all celebrities as well as us normies alike all have <laughs> common dreams, um, huh. like the falling dream, the being chased, um, naked in public dreams. And mm. these are all such common themes for everyone across the board because they're connected to common waking life issues that we all deal with just as having the human experience. So for example, the being naked in public dream happens when in real life, we're dealing with a situation where we're feeling all eyes are on us. We're feeling judged or scrutinized, and we're feeling um, very self-aware and concerned about how others may view us. Mm -hmm. Like I got that dream the first night before I was ever on national television. I got that dream, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But the interesting thing about that dream is you may notice that while you're freaking out about your nudity and trying to hide everything, no one else in the dream cares. You're Mm -hmm. the only one freaking out. And the reason why is because the subconscious is telling you, you're the only one giving this energy. No one else cares. No one else sees what you think they see. I love that. Cause on the surface, it seems like that's terrifying. I'm naked. I'm going to show up in public naked, or I'm going to go on TV and something bad's going to happen. But there's that lower layer that you get to unfold, which is really cool. That's like, actually, no, it's your subconscious reminding you that that's okay. And you don't need to stress. No one cares but you. Let it go. Love that. Yeah. So be (laughs) naked in public. It's fine. 
do it. Um, <laughs> in, in your head. <laughs> in your head. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. You can find a naked nude beach somewhere. But yes. Um, there's always, you know, like-minded people. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, last question on that. Anything that's been on your heart or mind lately? It can be related to your work with dreams or it could be just anything. Okay. Lately. So I'm going to do probably what is on yours and many as well lately is the Johnny Depp trial. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> have you been so absorbed in that as well? I, I have been, but like I've been fed it from going, scrolling through TikTok, and I, yeah. I've been wanting to someone to kind of break it down for me and explain to me what exactly is going on. So shoot, what's going on. So they divorced, uh, back in 2016, I believe because she claimed he was abusing her mm-hmm. and he, clearly was not. The trial is proving this. And he is now suing her for defamation because of an op-ed she wrote for the Washington Post. She never named him, but it was very, very obvious. The article was about him and and he is claiming that that's why he lost the Pirates of the Caribbean um, part five movie. Mm. So the reason why it's on my heart and mind is because it is shining a light on domestic violence and how Mm -hmm. men can be abused as well. And that's Mm -hmm. close to my heart because someone I care very, very much about who as a man was abused Mm -hmm. and it happens and, and both genders are equally abusive. Um, you know, it's not exclusive to just being the abuser. And also on top of that, the worst human I've ever known in my life, who was a liar and an abuser was a female. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, this is shining light on it. Yeah. It's a great way to look at things like that, that are so sad. And especially for this one being so public and yes, his whole life is now everywhere and people are analyzing it and it's really yeah. fascinating. But then if you really think about it, like these are human beings and something that really yes. terrible that happened. So yes. And you do need to seek justice. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I find it fascinating. Thank you for breaking that down. Cause I was like, I just need like a good quality breakdown of what's going on. <laughs> I um, hope I, I, I was clear in my explanation. Yeah, no, you were. <laughs> and I hope whoever your friends were that were affected by that, that they're okay and away from that situation now. That's terrible. Yes, yeah. But yeah, shining that light is so nice and hopefully will help other people down the road now that yeah, they've seen and that, that, you know, and men don't speak up because it's particularly embarrassing mm-hmm, for men. Absolutely. And hopefully they will start speaking up. <laughs> Amazing. There you go, Johnny Depp. Okay. Justice for Johnny. Justice for Johnny. Let's get into dreams. Um, I have a ton of questions for you. And then I, I want to break down some of my listeners' questions because they have tons of great dream uh, examples. So first, okay. what is a dream? Why do we dream? What's going on with our brains when we're dreaming? Please break that down for me. So dreaming is basically a thinking process. Um so as you go about your day, you're talking to yourself, right? You're, you're driving to work, you're talking to yourself, you're loading your dishwasher, you're talking to yourself, you're taking your shower, you're talking to yourself. That stream of consciousness, that inner dialogue continues throughout the entire day. As you drift off to sleep at night, you're having your thoughts, talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. That stream continues when we fall asleep. Once we enter REM dream sleep, which is about 90 minutes into the night is when we get our first dream. We dream several times throughout the night. Once we enter REM dream sleep, that conversation picks back up, but now the brain is working differently. Certain parts of the brain are shut down, like the prefrontal cortex that um, controls rational linear thought has shut mm-hmm. down and other parts of the brain are more active, like the amygdala, the emotional center of the brain. So 
you're still having that conversation with yourself, but now instead of talking to yourself in words, you're talking to yourself in symbols and metaphors mm-hmm. and emotions. And you're talking to yourself about what's going on in your life. Your dreams are like a commentary on what happened today. Mm-hmm. And so they'll slap us in the face when we're messing up, hence the nightmare. <laughs> they'll, they'll nag us to death when we're not listening to ourselves, hence the recurring dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll inspire us and they'll warn us. And, and, you know, it's, it's the deepest form of introspection you can have, which is what mm-hmm. dreaming is. The question for me is like a lot of times that inner voice can turn really negative or if you have like really yeah. bad self-talk. So I'm yes. wondering if that through line goes into your dreaming as well. Like, is it, does that lead to a nightmare or when is yes. that negative voice happening? What's going on in dreams when that? Yeah, continues? that's a very good question. And yeah, the, the way you talk to yourself and the way you, you think of yourself will show up in your dreams. So you are likely more likely to have more negative, frustrating dreams and even nightmares if you are always talking badly to yourself, if you don't mm-hmm. believe in yourself, if you, you know, you, because the dream is the reaction to the day. Mm-hmm. So whatever goes on during the day, the dream is a, um, a commentary a reflection of that. I'm so fascinated on how you got into this work, how you became the dream analyst that you are, were you just like really interested in your own dreams? What is the study of dreams? Like, how does that work? So what got me into it? Well, I've always been able to remember my dreams since I was like two, three years old. Mm-hmm. I've always been a very vivid dreamer, just very interested in my dreams. I would tell my parents in the morning when I was little that I started drawing them. Um, as I, I got older and learned to write, I'd write them down. And I didn't realize what a really amazing thing I was doing for myself by journaling my dreams because basically what you're doing when you journal your dreams is you're documenting the other side of your mind Hmm. so I've been keeping dream journals forever and it wasn't until I was 19 and my grandfather died and he's the first person close to me that ever died and Hmm. uh, I loved him we were very close and I became very very depressed after his death and um, it was about two weeks afterwards and I had this dream where he and I are walking arm in arm through this museum And I knew he was dead. So Mm -hmm. I asked him, what is it like where you are? And he said, well, I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is that it's secure. Hmm. And then he gave me a hug and he started walking up the staircase and I began to wake up and I could smell his old spice. Wow. I could feel him like he was sitting next to me. And I just sat in that dream for what seemed like a very long time, just trying to absorb it and come to reality from it, you know? Mm -hmm. So in that dream, I still remember it, every little detail, like it was last night, you know? So that's the dream that got me out of my depression for one thing after his death. And it's the one that, that propelled me to study dream psychology. I Mm -hmm. wanted to find out, okay, what is this? Cause all my dreams have always been really cool, but that one was, wow. So yeah. I wanted to find out what, you know, why do we do it? What is it? What I learned was that dreams are actually very, very practical when you can understand them mm-hmm. and when you can, and they're very applicable to your life when you understand the message. And so when you start working with your dreams and start journaling them, which I can't stress enough, when you start journaling them, you're opening up, um, not just a conversation between yourself and your subconscious, but you're also beginning a partnership with yourself and your subconscious mm-hmm. to start improving yourself, improving yourself, to start listening to yourself, to start being honest with yourself and to start, mm-hmm. you know, becoming the you you're meant to be because your dreams are like your inner GPS, you know, guiding you, mm-hmm. helping you navigate this crazy life. 
I'm wondering what you found out about that dream you had. That's such a beautiful dream that you got to experience. Was there anything that you found out from what you've learned? Well, what I've learned most about that dream wasn't when I was studying dream psychology. I learned more about it um, and confirmed to myself that it was contact through just doing this all these years and talking to hundreds, if not thousands of people who've had very similar experiences about their loved ones Mm -hmm. and how the contact dream, of course, this is not proven, but the contact dream can be a means of communicating with those that have passed on. And here's why I think it's possible, not only because I've experienced it and it was so very, very real, Mm -hmm. but, you know, science teaches us that all energy exists um, and travels in a vibration in waves, mm-hmm. you know, sound waves, light waves, you know, even our brain works, the energy of our brain works in wavelengths. Mm-hmm. When we go to sleep and enter REM dream sleep, our brains could be working at that perfect frequency where we can tune in to that consciousness. If it exists bodily death, mm. it exists as an energy and it is also existing and traveling in waves. So REM dream sleep could be our brains being that perfect frequency where we can tune in like a radio to the conscious energy of our loved ones that have passed on. I remember having somewhat of a similar dream when my grandpa passed as well. It was, he was down in Florida at the time and we lived in Virginia. Um, And I didn't know that he was like close to passing that my parents kind of kept it a secret or didn't let us know because we were younger and didn't want to worry us or whatever. So all of the kids all of his kids were down there to, to when he took his final breaths. But I remember having a dream that night of him visiting me. And like, I don't remember exact details, but it, I hadn't known that he was passing until the next day. So yeah, I totally see how yeah. that's. See, be. I've heard that sort of dream as well. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, my dream happened after, obviously I knew he was dead, but I have heard from so many people like you who've had that very same experience. A loved one died and they didn't know it. And it mm-hmm. seemed like at the moment or somewhere around the time their loved one died, they had a dream that their loved one was coming through and Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, I'm okay. Mm, You know, I'm still here. Do you remember what, what your grandfather said or did in your dream? I think it was just more of like a calming feeling. It was like, I can't remember the exact details because they're pretty young, but it was just like a, he was still with me kind of a vibe or he was just like visiting and like checking in on me almost. So yeah, Uh it was, it was a happy dream. It was just very interesting. My dad was like, Whoa, that's, that's wild. But yeah, yeah, I've definitely have heard of quite a few stories of that. Fascinating. I want to get into the different types of dreams there are because there's nightmares, there's yes. lucid dreaming, there's mm-hmm. sleepwalking, all those different types. So like what are the different common types and like what are each of those kind of mean? Okay. So the most common types of dreams are recurring dreams, nightmares, mm-hmm. um, sex dreams. Mm. There's precognitive dreams, which tend to show us a little glimpse of the future. There's problem solving dreams. Um, there's healing dreams. We get these when we're going through grief mm-hmm. and there's um, warning dreams, which are dreams that can be giving us a heads up about something going on with our body. Nothing mm. health wise and lucid dreaming, as you mentioned, lucid dreaming. Oh, it's the coolest. Have you had a yeah. lucid dream? I don't think I have, but that's the one where you can kind of change what's happening in the dream consciously. Yes. It's where you have the awareness while in the dream that you are dreaming Mm. and then you can take control of it. And now a lot of people become lucid naturally within a nightmare Mm -hmm. because whatever's going on 
is so scary. It triggers lucidity. And then people use that. Oh, I'm awake. I'm going to get the hell out of this thing. Yeah. Wake themselves up, which is a shame because what they should be doing is stay in that nightmare and get information from it and ask that Mm -hmm. axe murderer or whatever a question. Interesting. Who who are you in my real life? And you're going to get an answer. Wow. Yeah. I want to tap into dreams more because I think, I think what happens, especially with nightmares and things like that, they they seem scary and Mm -hmm. like, we don't want to keep experiencing it because maybe it'll come true or whatever that is. But yeah, I think that's, it's a whole other side that we can tap into that a lot of us aren't utilizing. You're most powerful part of who you are mm-hmm. is your dreams and nightmares in particular are the most important dreams of all because they are usually connected to our most upsetting and difficult issues mm. and they're alerting us they're shining a light on and trying to help us with that which is wrong mm-hmm. so we can correct it make it right and then when you listen to the nightmare and you dig into it and connect it to a, the upsetting difficult issue and you correct or even just starting to work on correcting the issue can make the nightmare stop. Hmm. And I'm sure that affects whatever the nightmare is relating to in your actual life too. Yeah. You want to live your life in a way that you don't get nightmares or that you don't give the nightmare reason to come back. Cause if mm. you correct the issue, the nightmare has no reason to come back and bother you. Huh. Fascinating. Sleep paralysis. This is what I had quite often. And it's terrifying because you feel yes. like I, at the time when I was in sleep paralysis, I thought I was being possessed. Like I yeah. thought I was like, yes. <laughs> and this is an exorcism. I need to go to a church and remove the demon. But yeah, it's very scary. And my fiance was talking about one he experienced when he was younger was, I, I think you've mentioned this before, but it's like a dark figure standing over your bed. Yes. I think the Netflix documentary is nightmares, what it's called, oh, but it's basically uh, all on night terrors. I think that's not to it, name drop, but Kelly Ripa was telling me about that. I love <laughs> Kelly Ripa. She's great. <laughs> yeah. So um, sleep paralysis. And people ask me about this all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, is a very, very, very frightening experience. And so what it is for your listeners that don't know um, and are wondering if they've ever had it. And most people have had it at least once where you're in your bed and it's, you're not real sure if you're dreaming or not, mm-hmm. and you cannot move. And there's usually a, something that feels like dark, sinister presence in the room. Yeah. Some people like you perceive it as a demon. Some perceive it as a ghost, um, some as an alien, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, you'll either like feel it sit on the bed or maybe even hold you down. Yeah. It's the holding him down one. That's really yes. okay. And sometimes you might even hear it whisper in your ear or something. And you try to scream. You cannot mm-hmm. get your voice out. You cannot move to get it off you. It's this horribly, horribly frightening. It also feels painful sometimes. Yeah. But then like that, you're out of it. And so what is really going on when you have sleep paralysis is the, the waking up and the falling asleep process is actually very complicated. There's a lot of things going on in the brain and in the body that are turning off and turning on in order to allow us to fall asleep and also to allow us to again, wake back up. When we have a fitful night of sleep or our sleep routine is really off or we haven't gotten enough sleep, we can get stuck in the in-between state of asleep and awake at the same time. It's called hypnagogia. Mm-hmm. So first of all, what happens when we enter the dream state, our brain releases a chemical through our brainstem to paralyze our skeletal muscles. So we don't get up and act out the dreams built in safety mechanism. And when we start to wake up before our body can catch up, we get stuck 
briefly in the in-between state, hypnagogia, mm-hmm. and you are still paralyzed. You are literally paralyzed when this happens. And it's a hallucinatory state as well, because the fear center, uh, the amygdala, the fear center is highly active. So it's scary. It's hallucinatory, which is why you see or sense a presence and why Mm. you may also have auditory hallucinations. And it's perfectly harmless. It will not hurt you at all. It's just a byproduct of not getting good sleep. Mm. And if you just relax, if you know what it is, you just relax, you'll be over it in no time. But I like to tell people when you experience this, see if you can turn it into a lucid dream because you're so you're pretty much in the same state. Yeah. And, you know, ask that dark figure in your room, you know, what are you? Mm. And I had um, this morning show in Modesto I used to do frequently. I told the DJ about that because he would get it a lot. You know, as a morning show, host, sleeping, yeah. at 3 a.m. You don't sleep. Yeah. So the next time he experienced it, he remembered what I told him and his little dark presence he always perceived it as the sandman and um star wars Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the next time he experienced it he asked them what are you and they said we are your sins oh wow (laughs) yeah he decided he wasn't gonna do that again (laughs) yeah he's like we have a lot to unpack here i gotta call my therapist right (laughs) wow that's fascinating i've noticed i get um sleep paralysis more if i'm napping because it's that like lighter sleep it's so fascinating yeah yeah, because you're staying in the lighter stages you're not deep enough into delta i'm wondering if there's a way that we can harness our dreams better like we want to dive into this more we want to maybe remember our dreams better or how to utilize our dreams more. Like now that we consciously can be aware of them, what's something that we can do to, you know, work on our dreams. Right. So like I mentioned earlier, you want to start a partnership with your dreams because they they are your partner. Like they are your built-in therapist, your built-in best friend who's going to tell you like it is, whether you like it or not. So the key is to start remembering them. And we, we all dream every single night, whether you remember it or not, you are dreaming. It is this natural, necessary function of the brain. Every 90 minutes we dream. So mm-hmm. on a good night, you can have five or more dreams. Mm-hmm. The key to remembering them is actually quite easy. Whenever you wake up, whether it's in the middle of the night to go pee or waking up for good in the morning, you need to stay put and stay in the exact same position you woke up in because that is the position your body was in when you were dreaming. Mm-hmm. Give yourself three to five minutes of quiet, still time. This is a magical time you're just emerging from that dream state where all kinds of cool things were going on. So if you move your body at this point, rolling over or even just turning the light on, that's going to unplug you from the dream you were just in literally seconds ago. Hmm. So you got to stay put, quiet your mind, give yourself three to five minutes, sit in the quietness and let the dream come back to you. Hmm. And then whatever you remember, you've got to write it down or record it to your phone. Even if you're just remembering like a there's a song on your mind. That's probably because it was part of your dream, or you just remember seeing a, something about a dog. Great. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Mm. The more you do this every morning, it's like a muscle. The more you work it, the stronger it gets. And you'll start remembering all your dreams every night. And you will have a treasure trove of information waiting for you when you wake up in the morning. That's so true. I do remember being in a nightmare multiple times. If I'm on, say I'm laying on my side and I have a nightmare, I have to flip over. And then usually I'll have a different nightmare. If I stay where uh, I a am different one. <laughs> or a different dream where like, if I stay in the same one, I'll be in this, the nightmare and I don't want that anymore. So if I flip, it'll get me in a different path, yeah, which is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. 
Wow. That mind body connection. It's so interesting. I I think what uh, your work has made me realize that dreaming is not scary because <laughs> right, I think right. a lot of times it can be scary. Like I have some really crazy dreams and I'm like, yeah, what was they going can, on? they can make you wonder about yourself. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> am I a psychopath? Yeah. That's fascinating. We all are. And when we're dreaming, but yeah. it's important to remember that first of all, dreams are symbolic. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it, literally, you're going to miss the message. Number one. And number two, you're probably going to freak yourself out. So it's yeah. symbolic. And number two, morals don't always apply <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're symbolics. Like if you're marrying your brother, you yeah. know, yeah, and it seems perfectly normal in the dream. Well, it, it seems normal in the dream because it it's symbolic. Okay. So it's not really about marrying your brother. It's about connecting with or committing to something that your brother represents. Interesting. Yeah. So you don't look at the dream, you look into it. Okay. So it's not your brother. It's about something a quality of his or something that stands out to you about him is what your brother's the face of that. Okay. I don't know if I should bring this up or not, but I had a dream one time that was really weird that I had sex with my dad. Okay. So perfect, perfect, (laughs) perfect dream. I was like afraid to tell anyone this, but that this is the perfect dream to illustrate my (laughs) point. So thank you for offering that up. Yeah. A lot of shame around this one. So (laughs) I've had it. Okay. So how long ago did you have that dream? I want to say it was like a month or so ago. Oh, okay. Too long ago. Yeah. What is recent? It's easier to, to get the message because it'll be Mm -hmm. connected to something fresh. Okay. So, um, is there any other detail in the dream? Like, was it weird to you in the dream? Or it was weird you... to me in the dream. It wasn't okay. like I, yeah, it oh, wasn't think fully oh. consensual in the dream. Oh, okay. So have you, around the time of that dream, had you had any kind of important conversation with your father? Anything like that? Anything you were concerned about with him? I think my our main thing usually is like him wanting more things for me career-wise and I need or like he wants one thing for my career see it sees it going one way where I like need what I need for my career and what I'm doing that makes sense okay so in this case I think that your father does represent himself Mm -hmm. usually our fathers um will represent our ability to make money and manage money so there's probably Mm -hmm. an element of that as well because I'm sure he's trying to help you with that but also he sounds like he's tries to be involved in your career and Mm -hmm. guide you and that's why sexual assault because Mm -hmm. that is actually about control Mm. so when we get that sort of dream it's usually because in real life someone is trying to manipulate or control us Mm. so this was just your negative response to him being a bit of a busybody Mm. in your affairs okay when he was probably trying to connect with you this is another thing about how dreams are symbolic sex Uh in a dream is rarely about sex at all. It's not about a physical union you want, but more about a psychological you need or some kind of psychological connection you have had. Okay. So the act of sex in this sense with you and your father was him trying to connect with you on this level, but to yeah. you, it felt like he was pushing himself on you, which he was, he was pushing his thoughts and desires for your career onto you. Uh, fascinating. Well, thank you for making, you're welcome. <laughs> unpacking that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That I, I think that's, yeah, that makes total sense with what we usually go through with our dynamic is with career wise. Tell yeah. him you're giving me nightmares. Stop. <laughs> yeah. No more of that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I wanted to ask you one more thing on that. I 
I've noticed with dreaming whenever I've like maybe consumed alcohol that evening or mm-hmm. I've taken melatonin that they are very vivid and crazy. So is that a, a bad thing to be dreaming or, or taking those substances before bed? Like what's happening when dreams are like super vivid, like that from maybe external things from like eating late or alcohol or melatonin or anything like that. Yeah. So different things can affect the way we dream and the tone of the dream. Now, usually alcohol will suppress dream recall. So it's interesting that yours are more vivid. Mm-hmm. These may happen though, more in the beginning of the night when you've had alcohol, mm-hmm. whereas later in the night, you probably don't sleep as well. Yeah. So, um, and melatonin can also affect, there's so many things that can affect our, the REM cycle, like peanut butter too close to bedtime can cause frustrating or very negative dreams, mm-hmm. um, spicy foods as well. Mm. So that's not to say that the meaning, it, it changes the message or the meaning of the dream. It, it just maybe changes the tone of it. So maybe, you know, for example, with nightmare giving us peanut butter, giving us nightmares or bad dreams, your subconscious may still be trying to give you the same message, but because your body is affected by it, you know, the heartburn and the trying to digest it and the sugar in it and the blood sugar drop and all that that's going on from the peanut butter, your subconscious is still trying to give you the same message, but now it's giving it to you kind of yelling at you instead of just telling it to you. Ah, It's a little more aggressive. Yeah. It's like putting, putting your dreams in a bad mood. So it could still be the same messaging. It's not like that message gets just a little harsher. Yeah. You're not going to lose the message. It just might come across not as gentle. (laughs) Great. Okay. That makes sense. One more thing before we move into dreams Mm -hmm. of other people, is there anything that you could, should be concerned with your dreams or things that have happened in dreams that you should be like, Oh, I should look into that more or, um, any like crazy scenario that you've experienced with studying dreams that you want to relay to my audience. I would say if you, if you have chronic nightmares, then there is definitely an issue there you need to figure out. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it, if it's like a PTSD type nightmare that you're getting, Mm -hmm. that's an indication that you still haven't healed from whatever the trauma was that you've experienced. And I Mm -hmm. would find a therapist who has experience working with PTSD dreams because you can overcome them. They, they can be a tangible tool. The dream itself can be a tangible tool to help you overcome the PTSD, Mm -hmm. which will then help you overcome the dreams. Um, But any frequent nightmares are an indication that there's something disturbing or negative in your life that you have yet to correct Mm -hmm. um, or to process or heal from. Fascinating. Yeah. Because can't you work with your subconscious then through your dreams to kind of maybe re- work a trauma or mm-hmm. something in that realm. Yeah. Okay. So for example, using the the PTSD dreams mm-hmm. and those dreams are usually like we're reliving what happened. Mm. And sometimes there may be some kind of weird symbolic elements to it, but the meat of what happened to us of the trauma will be the biggest part of the dream. So a technique that's very, very effective. And this has been particularly used with, um, combat veterans who mm-hmm. have PTSD. So they write down the dream in as much detail as they can. And then when they get to the point where it normally ends, they keep writing how they would like it to turn out oh. and they can, you know, be creative with it, have fun with it because it is dreamland. There's no rules or they can, you know, rewrite it in a more logical real life way. 
but you have to give yourself permission to do that because you are giving yourself these dreams mm. and they're, they're showing that you're stuck in some way. Like, you know, when we used to have records <laughs> back in the day and they'd get a scratch and they play the same little piece of music over and over. That's what a PTSD dream is. It's a scratch on your record. Mm. So in order to clean and smooth out that scratch, you want to rewrite the dream and you want to do it at bedtime before you go to sleep. Okay. And it's something you need to be consistent with and do several nights in a row. Sometimes it can work within the first few nights. Sometimes it might take weeks or months, but by rewriting the dream, you are basically reprogramming your psyche hmm. and the subconscious will eventually get the message, you know, like when we're kids and we're learning things, reading, writing, arithmetic, repetition is the key to learning. Repetition is the key to reprogramming as well. Hmm. Fascinating. I actually have a perfect example of a PTS dream that someone sent me. So basically she said 10 years ago, fall 2012, my sister and I were robbed at gunpoint walking home from a book fair at church. Terrible. And I kept having reoccurring nightmares about this. Like I went, like it went on for months straight, just replaying the scenario over and over again from talking to my therapist. She said it was a sign of PTSD, but when I was 15, I didn't feel like I had PTSD because of those dreams. So yeah, if the dream expert could clarify if our subconscious dreams impact our mental health and if so, how that would be cool. Yeah. Yes. So I'm guessing she doesn't have this anymore. Uh, it doesn't seem like she does. Okay. Now, sometimes we can grow out of it. You know, we just, become desensitized to it. We've processed it. We've accepted it. We've moved on from it, mm-hmm. but sometimes we don't. And especially depending on the severity of whatever the trauma is, it can be a lot harder than other traumas mm-hmm. to get over. And we, we get stuck. The psyche gets stuck. The subconscious can't get past it. Can't let go of it. Mm-hmm. So the rewriting is crucial. Um, along with talk therapy mm-hmm. yeah. and yes, the, the, the question was, does it impact our mental health? Yeah, if you're getting a dream like this over and over again, it will impact your mental health because your dreams are a brutally honest reflection of your mental health. Mm. So while you may not process or give it attention to or focus on during the day, it will come out at night because it's there. It yeah. exists within you. And if you're not dealing with it during the day, and then once you go to sleep and your guard is down and you're no longer in denial or, or distracted, it rises to the surface and says, okay, here we go again. We're going to try to figure this out. Yeah. So it's doing it as a way to try to help you heal. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a, a nagging mother who has to tell you the same thing again and again until you finally get it and say, okay, I understand. I'll work on this mother. Mm. <laughs> okay, mom. I love it. Okay. I have a bunch. So let's, if you okay. don't mind, just go through them. Um, yes. I keep having dreams with a theme of not being able to breathe. Please help. Oh, okay. So this could be a physiological thing. First oh. of all, I okay. would... I would get a sleep study done and see if perhaps you have sleep apnea. I feel like I have sleep apnea. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you I know. You wake up a lot not being uh, able to breathe. Also, if you wake up from the dream gasping for breath, mm, then that's a good telltale sign of sleep apnea. No, I wake up like... <sighs> Oh, you snort awake. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. Sometimes. Yeah. So, or my fiance wakes that, me up like, come it, on. <laughs> it could be sinuses. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's allergy season. So I'm giving myself a little bit, but okay. Uh, but also 
on a psychological level, if it's not sleep apnea and it's something else, then not being able to breathe in a dream would be an indication somewhere in your life you feel like you're being suffocated someone's crowding you or something, some situation you're feeling very constricted by. And, and, you know, when we get out of a very difficult or tense situation, we let out a big exhale because we can finally breathe. So what's been going on for as long as you've been getting the dream that, you know, makes you (gasps) tense up every day. Mm. And so if you're able to connect the dots and then correct that issue, the dream will stop. I love it. Next one says, I always have dreams that I'm struggling to do something urgent, like run really fast to get away, but I can't lift my legs or try to take a picture of a celeb in quotations, Joey from friends, but I can't function getting the camera to work or I have to pee, but I can't find clean stuff or all the stall or all the stall doors aren't long enough. So everyone can see me pee a lot of things. Yeah. There's okay. And there are probably all connected to different things. Yeah. So let's start with the pee dream because I get that one. Mm-hmm. Totally really. Um, the public bathroom dream. This one is particularly common for women. Um, so the bathroom, the, the bathroom represents the part of your psyche. Remember, everything in your dream is some part of you. The objects in your dream usually represent an ability. The people in your dream represent a different part of your personality. Everything in your dream is a part of you. So the, the bathroom is the place in your psyche where you are able to relieve yourself of frustrations and negativity, cleanse away you know, that which is bothering you. The toilet in particular will represent your psychological plumbing. If you're unable to use it for whatever reason, it means that you've got you're holding in some kind of frustration or negativity and aren't comfortable letting it out. And there's there's different elements, specifics in a dream matter. Every little detail has a message. It means something. So if if the bathroom dream is where it's public and for some reason you can't use the bathroom simply because you don't want to be seen peeing, then that would typically be connected to needing to relieve yourself of some kind of frustration or negativity, but you, you're, you aren't because you care too much how it might make you look if you let it out, you know, hmm. or you're going to be labeled the B word or whatever. Hmm. If the toilet is clogged or filthy or whatever, and you can't use it, then that's a little different. That means that you're just holding it in and this is a behavior for years and you don't know how to release your negativity or frustration. So the dream is showing you, this is what your psyche looks like when you hold in your shit <laughs> instead of, you know, speaking up about it or finding mm-hmm. a healthy release for it. So, let so when out. you change that behavior, the dream stops. Hmm. Love that. What do we think about they can't move their legs, but they want to take a picture of Joey from friends. <laughs> okay. So these are the same dream. Yeah. I guess, or maybe they, she had them all in one night, but same person. Yes. Okay. All right. So your legs are your ability to stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. as well as your ability to progress and move forward. That's what our legs allow us to do. When your legs are not working, that means that you are not progressing somewhere in real life. You don't Mm -hmm. feel you're making enough movement. Your subconscious is showing you you're probably not making enough movement towards some goal Mm -hmm. or, or moving on from something, you know, in what way are you stuck in real life? Um, So trying to take a picture of Joey is interesting. So celebrities, you know, can mean different things um, Mm -hmm. without having her here to ask her. My first thought would be he's best known for being in friends. Mm -hmm. So this may, this dream may be connected to a friendship. 
Maybe she's trying to hold on, taking a picture. We take pictures to hold on to memories. So maybe she's trying to hold on to a friendship that she needs to walk away from mm. or that she needs to stand up for herself in. Wow. Fascinating. I keep having this dream that I'm about to get married. It's usually the day of the wedding and it's chaotic. The only thing that I can remember in the morning is the panic I feel about not wanting to marry the guy. The other thing about these dreams is that the guy I'm going to marry is just one big blur. Cannot remember anything about Mm. him in the morning. This dream has been happening for years. The weirder part is I have never been in a serious long-term relationship. So not sure where this dream is coming from. Okay. This is a classic mystery groom dream. Mm. So you're not alone. A lot of women get this dream. So first of all, you know, she mentions I not in anywhere near ready to get married, not even dating. So remember, this is symbolic. So this isn't Mm -hmm. about an actual marriage or your future. This is about needing to commit. So that's what a marriage is. You commit till death do you part. So what commitment do you need to make that you're having a hard time making? The groom is a clue. He's not someone you actually know. He's just some mysterious, blurry man. Okay, so typically... An unknown man will, in a dream, will represent male energy. So in dream psychology, that we call that the animus, male energy, which is that part of you that can be assertive, stand up for yourself, go out and get that promotion, um, you know, man up, handle your business, grow mm-hmm. a pair, you know, these terms we use. Mm-hmm. The dream brings it to life. <laughs> in the form of a man. And it's a blurry man because this is a part of herself she doesn't fully recognize. It isn't fully formed within her yet. Hmm. So she probably gets this dream whenever there's something going on in her life where she needs to have a pair of balls, where she needs to man up, where she needs to be assertive, whatever the case may be. Hmm. And it's always a wedding because this is a part of herself that she needs to fully recognize and commit to till death does she part. Huh. Wow. You're a genius. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. I'm getting married this October. And ever since I got engaged almost two years ago, I have been having horrible dreams about the wedding. I mean, like every dream I have mm-hmm. includes our wedding is horrible. I either run into people that I didn't invite and they're mad at me, or I forgot the, to plan something. One of our most important aspects, it's just all bad. I can't understand why I'm so incredibly happy with the man I'm marrying and I'm beyond excited for the wedding. So it makes no sense. I hope it's a sign. I hope it's not a sign of what's to come. No, it is not. It's a sign that you are so, so very normal. Mm. (laughs) When I call these dreams bride mares. Mm. So when you're the planning stages can be fun and exciting, but they are stressful as fuck. So typically the, the more importance you put on the wedding being perfect and the bigger the ordeal is, and the more elements there are to the planning and the big final day, the more stressful your dreams are going to become. You know, for many women, it's it's the most exciting day of their life. They look forward to it since they're little girls, you know? Um, and so here it is, you know, around the corner and it's all coming together. And what if everything goes wrong, this day I've been dreaming of forever. So these dreams in one aspect, they, they're probably helping you make sure you're on your toes and staying on top of everything and getting everything together. But they're also an outlet for unnecessary stresses. So if you can find a way to not put so much pressure on yourself to make this perfect, 
and just enjoy the process. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. It can be a good laugh and a great memory to tell your kids years down the road, mm-hmm. you know, let go of the stress and the need for it to be absolutely perfect. And then the dreams will let up. Mm. I'm going to take that advice when I get closer to my planning process. Okay, good. I'm sure <laughs> that will happen. Um, I keep dreaming that I'm lost sometimes in a building, sometimes in a town, and I'm always losing my purse or my keys and other dreams. It drives me crazy. Never the same dream twice though. And in real life, I always know where my keys and purse are. So it's very strange to dream this. Okay. All right. So the getting lost aspect, let's tackle that first, because that's, that's a big element. Usually when we're lost in a dream it's because Mm -hmm. somewhere in our real life, we're feeling directionless. So it could be a career decision she's feeling directionless with. It could be in a relationship. What area of your life would you say the exact same thing yourself? I don't know which way to go with this. That would be what the dream is trying to help you with. So she also always loses her keys and wallet. And her purse. Yeah. Oh, and purse. Okay. So this is a dream that you have in common with Mariah Carey. She oh, wow. Is, Word. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she gets this dream a lot. So your purse to your dreaming self will represent your identity, your credibility, your self-worth, because this is where we keep our credit cards, our ID and our money. When you lose it, Oh, and her keys also she loses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so so that's another element to it. So when you lose your purse, you might might be going through either an identity crisis in real life, perhaps struggling with you know what do I want to be when I grow up, so to speak. I'm not happy with my job, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you're feeling undervalued somewhere in your life, or you feel like you've lost credibility somehow, or you're not getting the credit you feel you deserve, and then the keys. Um, does she specify house key or car key? I think it's like a, probably a key with all of them on there. Okay. She said keys. Okay. So, so the key would be about your ability. Remember objects and dreams represent your abilities. A key is your ability to open up mm. to others. So losing your key would be your subconscious very likely telling you, you need to find a way to open up about what is bothering you right now. The last few minutes, I want to just do some quick hitting ones because I have a couple, um, passenger plane crashing with me watching from the ground. This one has been driving me nuts. So plane crashes usually happen when we've had a big letdown in real life. Something that plane is your ability, even if you're not in the plane, it's your ability to, take off, reach new places, reach higher levels of, you know, health, well-being, career, you know, rising above to see a crash could mean you've had some kind of let down mm. in some area where you were on the up and up. Um, but the fact that she is not actually in the plane, but rather watching it could mean that this is happening to someone very near and dear to her, or it has happened to her, but she's got the ability and the wisdom to step outside of the situation and see it for what it is. Fascinating. Dreaming of rats or being attacked by rats. Okay. That sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. So rats and mice and rodents and dreams will usually represent something that's been gnawing away at us. Oh. So if you're being attacked by it and there's more than one. So the more there is of something in a dream or the bigger something is in a dream, the more of an issue it is to you in your real life. Hmm. So also being attacked can mean that she's feeling under attack in some way by someone around her, a friend, a parent, a, a 
partner that they're mm-hmm. all over your body. This could be an issue with your body that you're having with yourself. That's mm-hmm. annoying you. That's gnawing away at you. And you know, we women are so hard on ourselves about our body. Yeah. <laughs> so that's wow. what it could be. Fascinating. My jaw gets locked and my teeth crumble in my mouth and I choke on them. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. And that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So teeth dreams are so interesting and they usually represent a communication issue in real life. Um, if the most common teeth dream is where they're falling out and we're trying to or catch them or hold them, put them back in. And that's usually connected to saying something without thinking about it first, not having a filter, mm-hmm. allowing something out of your mouth that should have stayed in there permanently. Um, but she's got the opposite one where they break and she swallows them. Yeah. She, okay. They crumble and they crumble. she chokes on them. And she chokes on them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, this is a communication issue. Mm-hmm. Crumbling to, and, and I get this version too. My teeth sometimes shatter. Mm. Um, so crumbling broken teeth are connected to weak speech. So you may get this dream where you don't feel you held up your end of an argument when you didn't make your point strong enough, or when you didn't speak up because you're choking on the teeth and choking in a dream is about holding back words, mm. choking on your words. So either you're not allowing yourself to speak up or someone around you is causing you like you shouldn't speak up. They're holding you back in some way. So, it, and if this is recurring, then this is either a recurring issue, a recurring behavior issue for you, or this has been an ongoing issue. Huh. And when you change that behavior, the dream will stop. There you go. That's the key. Intruder in my house and I grab my gun to defend myself, but it just won't fire. Dream this a lot. Okay. So again, recurring dreams. Let's tackle that first. We get recurring dreams for two main reasons. It's either connected to an ongoing issue for as long as the issue continue, continues, so does the dream. When the issue is resolved, the dream stops. Or it's connected to recurring behavior pattern. Every time you exhibit the behavior, you get the dream connected to it. Change mm. the behavior, the dream stops. So the intruder dream, and this is recurring, and her she can't shoot her gun to stop the intruder. So the intruder would represent something in that feels like an intrusion on your life, um, your peace of mind, mm-hmm. something that's an intrusion to where you don't feel like your life is home sweet home anymore. Um, you've got a gun, but you're unable to use it. Your gun is your ability to protect yourself from whatever this is. It feels like an intrusion in your peace of mind. So your dream is trying to showing you, you're not doing a very good job of handling this situation. So it could be, you know, you need to speak up about it or you need to change something in your behavior or get someone out of your life. There's, you know, the dream keeps happening because the issue hasn't been resolved because your gun, your ability to protect yourself and your best interests is not working. You're Mm -hmm. not doing a good job at this. Change your behavior. Love that. I hope I didn't sound like I was scolding her. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I think this is it's just like quick, quick love. <laughs> yes. There you go. I like that. Um, reoccurring alien and invasion dreams. Ooh, okay. So aliens usually come into our dreams when we're dealing with something in real life that feels alien to us, foreign to us, something we've never encountered before. So if she keeps getting this dream or he, I'm sorry, um, then there must be something that keeps happening that they've not dealt with and they need to familiarize their, some, themselves with it so that they can better handle it. Hmm. I've seen this one quite a lot that they're expecting a baby, that they're pregnant. I think I've had a pregnancy dream at some point recently. 
And then I wake up and I'm like, okay, I feel, but what, what is that usually? Okay. So if you get a pregnancy dream and you're not actually pregnant or trying to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. then that pregnancy represents something in your life that is in the growing and development stage. Mm. Um, The most common cause of this dream is when you're working on a degree. Um, But, you know, perhaps you've got a side hustle, a business you're trying to grow, you know, something that once it reaches a certain level, it will result in a new life, just as a pregnancy, when it runs its course, the end result is a new life. So Mm. your dreaming mind is showing you this thing that's growing and developing in the form of a pregnancy, because once it gets to the point it's supposed to get at, it will become a new life for you. Huh. So it's like, keep following that thing that you're working on maybe. Yeah. Pregnancy dreams are usually good. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully I'll have some more of those. Mm-hmm. Um, my, when my husband's always cheating, I would get this one too. Oh, my fiance's cheating or he'll okay. get ones where I'm cheating. What's that yes. about? <laughs> okay. This is probably the dream I get asked about more than any other dream. Yeah. It's so common. So, well, first of all, if there is infidelity in your past, you know, then if it's within your current relationship and you're getting this dream, then that shows that, you know, the, the remnants of that painful event are still there and need to be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got infidelity from a previous relationship, but not in your current one, and you're getting this dream, it could mean that the d- distrust is still there. And mm-hmm. you want to be careful not to bring it into your current relationships. It's not fair to your current partner. But if there's not infidelity, and this seems to be coming completely out of left field, then it means that there is something in your relationship that feels like a third wheel. Now, it's not Mm. necessarily another person, but more likely another thing that your partner is giving their time and attention to, like working really long hours, or maybe there's a new baby, Mm. you know, that's sucking up all the time and attention. Um, Or maybe the man cave, or maybe they, you know, their their fantasy football, something that's causing you to feel left out, causing you to feel cheated out of that time and attention you feel like you should be getting. So these dreams can be actually really good for a relationship because it's shining a light on something that's bothering you that maybe you haven't really focused on or brought up. Hmm. I love that. Any natural disaster dreams like tornadoes, tsunamis, those type of dreams. So tornadoes is the most common natural disaster dream we get. Um, even those of us that live in Florida and deal with hurricanes, yeah. tornadoes are still the most common dream. Fascinating. <laughs> yes. So weather in dreams, and I, by the way, have a whole chapter in my book, Dream on It and Like Your Dreams Change Your Life on weather and dreams. There's also a whole chapter on nightmares, a whole chapter on sex dreams, covers everything. Yeah. I wanted you to plug your book. So that's perfect. <laughs> okay. So weather in dreams usually represents your emotions. Because your emotions are the weather of your mind is ever changing. And we often use weather terms to describe emotions. Oh, sunny and cheery or Mm -hmm. gloomy and dark, you know. So tornadoes are usually connected to worry and anxiety that's beginning to spin out of control. So people who have frequent tornado dreams also tend to be proud card carrying members of the worry work club. So if you describe yourself as a worry wart, odds are you also get tornado dreams. And so the subconscious is showing you the destructive force of worry in the form of a tornado. So you can better understand what you're doing to your psyche by allowing yourself to worry so much about, and it's usually worry warts tend to worry about things they have no control over. Yeah. Oh, the economy. Oh, this, <sighs> Oh, the war in Ukraine, you know, yeah. they worry, worry about things that you really, there's nothing you can do about it. So if you can find a way to let go 
and like God, as they say, just you know, let it go. Mm-hmm. Those dreams will stop. Beautiful. Uh, I've heard this one as well. Commonly a parent passing away in a dream. Okay. So if you are not at the age where your parents are getting up there and you get that dream, then it's usually because something either with your parent or your relationship with your parent is dying, changing. Mm. Death in dreams is usually about something changing or ending in real life because death is the end of life, right? Mm -hmm. But to the dreamy mind, death is the end of life as you now know it. So when you dream of someone close to you dying, first ask, is my relationship changing? Is there something about our relationship that's coming to an end? Or is there something, is that person just going through some kind of change? And odds are, yeah, that's why you're getting the dream. So that the death dream allows us to let go of that, which is no longer viable. So we can embrace the change and whatever is to come. Oh, this one thing being chased by large dinosaurs. It's a reoccurring dream I've had since I was eight. Oh, being ch- okay. Well, this could certainly be caused by the Jurassic Park movies. True. <laughs> <laughs> but dinosaurs, the main thing about dinosaurs is that they are extinct. They no longer exist. So she could be getting this dream when there's some situation that is now over and no longer exists, but she's still allowing it to bother her, which is why it's chasing her. Mm. Maybe she's, you know, some people have a hard time letting things go. Pit of snakes and then sex dreams again with blurry face. But I think you touched on sex dreams, which are fascinating. Um, Okay. So a pit of snakes. Usually snakes represent a toxic person in our life snakes ah. are poisonous. Usually it's not always, but usually it's a male because hence the shape of the snake is very phallic. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You're so interesting the way we think. Right. And so yeah. a pit of snakes. Now, remember the more there is of something in a dream where the bigger something is, the more of an issue it is. So the pit of snakes could, could be um, her subconscious trying to show her how much this is just a pit of toxicity you're dealing with here or maybe there are many many toxic people she's dealing with maybe she Mm. lives she has a really horrible family toxic work environment yeah Yeah. huh okay i'm driving and my brakes don't work i can't stop ah i just covered this on my tiktok channel yesterday we have to follow (laughs) you on tiktok yeah laurie the dream expert l-a-u-r-i i love that okay so so the car is your ability to progress to move forward in life or to move forward down a particular path you've chosen. Um, When your brakes don't work, that's an indication that somewhere, some path you're on, something in your life is beginning to get out of control and you need to put the brakes on it. Mm. And your dream showing you're not doing a good job of doing that. Last two, nightmare in a box and I can't get out no matter how much I push. She's Uh, stuck in a box. So you very likely have some area of your life where you feel trapped. You know, where do you feel like you don't have enough movement, enough freedom? Where are you feeling boxed in? Are you in a relationship that's smothering you, you know, or are you the one keeping yourself in a box? Always turn the dream on yourself because we can be our own best friends and our own worst enemies and our biggest critics and our, Mm. and, and we usually are the ones that hold ourselves back more than anyone else does. So, you know, is there some area where you really want to break free and express yourself, but maybe you're keeping yourself in the box because you're afraid or insecure, you know, something like that. 
Last one, the common dreams of falling. This one is falling from a cloud. She said when she was younger and then she wakes up bouncing on the bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so falling dreams um, usually happen when we've kind of like the plane dream when we've had some kind of letdown in real life. Um, interesting, she falls from a cloud. So, you know, we'll, when we're feeling really good about something, we say, oh, I'm on cloud nine. Mm -hmm. So this could be, you know, she gets this dream whenever something has just really let her down or maybe just this exciting feeling or exciting situations over and then it's the drop the emotional mm -hmm. drop we'll also get falling dream people who suffer from depression get falling dreams huh. and it's usually heads up from the body and the subconscious that get ready you're about to fall into another bout so mm. prepare wow but i like that she bounces on the bed in her yeah. chair because that's a good sign that she can easily bounce back from a letdown there's like a yeah there's a soft landing there yeah for her she's, to... she's got a good head on her shoulder she can handle it love that okay Lori. any last piece of advice for us wanting to learn more about our dreams or dive deeper into this you said your book like any like yes. practices or how do we move forward after hearing all this amazing beautiful stuff you just right. gave us yeah so you can get my books available everywhere dream on it like sleep on it dream on it and like your dreams change your life you can also set up a reading with me we'll get on the phone and go very very deep into your dream my site is lauriloenberg.com, but Laurie Loewenberg is kind of hard to spell. So if you just Google dream expert, mm -hmm. I'm the first one that comes up. Um, also, quick tip on how to get the most out of your dreams on your own if you don't have time to talk with an expert such as myself. You want to journal, keep a day journal in tandem with a dream journal. Okay. Okay. And keep it in a spiral bound book just because it's easier to fold back and write. When you go to bed at night, write down your day on the left side. You're going to write down your day. You're going to write down your biggest struggle. You're going to write down what you accomplished. You're going to write down your conversations. You're going to write down what was on your mind the most, what you felt the most, even any TV show you watched, write all that down. Go to sleep, have your dreams. When you wake up in the morning, remember, don't move, stay put, give yourself mm -hmm. three to five minutes, quite still time. And then you're going to write your dreams on the right side of your journal. Even if it's just a piece of a dream, write that down. Or if you've got a lot of dreams, try to fit them all on that right side. That way you have your day and your dream right next to each other. So then you can more easily connect the dots between what happened in your dream. You'll see similarities. You'll see how your, your day affects what you dream at night and how your dreams comment on what you did that day. So if you, you know, had a dream that you were attacked by a bear, you might mm -hmm. see, oh, okay, I had a fight with my mom on the phone yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then if you, you'll start to see patterns, maybe every time you talk to your mom on the phone, you dream of getting attacked <laughs> and that'll show you a very clear dynamic yeah. uh, you know, of your relationship. So that's like one of the best things you can do for yourself. That's amazing. That was such a good tip. I'm going to have a separate dream journal now. I love it. Yes. Um, can you please drop again where everyone can follow you, find you all of that good stuff? Yeah. So I've got a few social medias, my, um, Instagram is WTF underscore. Did I just dream? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> did I just dream? Um, my TikTok is Laurie, the dream expert, L-A-U-R-I, Laurie, the dream expert. Um, I'm on Facebook. My fan page is Laurie Loewenberg, L-A-U-R-I, L-A-U-R-I. It's hard to spell. You'll find me. <laughs> yeah. I'll I link have, everything. <laughs> okay. And I have one more, my pinup site, my also, I'm also a pinup artist. Yes. You can see. And Beautiful. I do that because my dreams are nagging me to death about it. And I finally listen. So I have a, 
on Instagram, pinups underscore by underscore Laurie. And once you type in pinups underscore, I come up, then you can see my pinup art. Yes. Okay. You are fascinating and so smart. And I loved this conversation. So I'll link all that below for everyone. But thank Thank you you. so much for this. This was amazing. I had a wonderful time. Thanks for having me on in Sweet Dreams. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.